1: Welcome back to the Nasmin Hockey podcast, James Nichols, John Zellick here with you uh, uh, for, for another episode with not a lot of information, but we're gonna we're gonna make it work. We always find I think we've said this a million times on the show to lead it off. We always say there's not a lot to talk about and then we wind up um, having an hour and a half episode, but we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it uh, a little snappy today.'ll we'll, we'll see where it goes. I think uh, I have some provocative stuff planned for us today and I'm taking the reins back for Mr. Nichols here. Um, I want to start off not on Long Island here. Um, I wanted to talk to you about your thoughts on the situation in Arizona. Yeah. What I, I, you know, if you haven't been keeping up on it, the, there was a referendum pretty much the, the residents of uh, in Arizona where, where the team is, uh, I guess we're in Tempe. They're not going to put the arena there. So things are a little up in the air as far as the yeah. future of the Arizona Coyotes. For That's the very clean version. There's plenty of other shows and people that are keeping up with this better. But as far as the future of this franchise, what do you think should happen with the Arizona Coyotes?
0: Um, well, I think it should remain in Arizona because they have like some really dedicated fans out there. I feel terrible for them um you know they they want to keep their team um you know and the coyotes look they've been around for a decent amount of time now at this point so i i don't see why the team shouldn't exist there anymore um now i I do understand the you know what the, the situation is right now obviously they've been turned down a numerous amount of times now for you know building some sort of new arena somewhere um you know but uh, my opinion on what should happen is hopefully they figure it out. I, I think that they should figure it out because you know it's it would be um it would be tough on a lot of people who helped grow it, who are there now in, in the middle of it. I mean, like Clayton Keller I was outspoken about how upset he was that you know he loves it there. he wants to stay there like so um you know, I think it should stay. now, what I will say about it too is like look, this is a situation we're all too familiar with, right? Like the Lighthouse project was turned down. And not only that, but like y- you can recount reading articles about okay, where are the islanders going to be next? Because they're done on Long Island. Like it was signed, sealed, and delivered by most media. They're gone. Um, so what I say to any Arizona fans <laughs> that might be listening to this for some reason is um, you know, continue to hold out hope because the Islanders were in Quebec. The Islanders were in Kansas City. The Islanders were relocated dozens of times. Um, you know, and I say that with with air quotes around them. Uh, yet they're now in a brand new UBS arena that is a 50-year lease. <laughs> you know, they're not going anywhere. They're, they're staying on Long Island. So, um, you know, hold out that hope that it could happen for you guys too because um, there is that tidbit that – You know, they're staying in Arizona next season. They're playing at Mullet Arena again. Um, And the Suns owner in Phoenix uh, might be interested in taking them in, right? And, and of course, there would have to be renovations to the the Phoenix Suns Arena. Um, I don't know the name of it offhand at this moment, but, you know, they would have to renovate it for hockey. And it's possible that they do. Um, You know, nothing is, is set in stone here. It's just one of the many possibilities. But, uh, there, there was a time where the Islanders were in this situation, and now they're not. Um, and and I could see that happening for Phoenix too, or sorry for Arizona too. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say about why that is is because it's like this is like Gary Bettman's, Bettman's baby. Like he, I think he really wants to make sure that they don't leave Arizona or or the Glendale, uh, you know, area, the Phoenix area, wherever they're going to be. So um, we'll see.
1: There's a few different sides for me. I think there's the financial in how is it providing revenue to the league? That's, you know, another second away from a potential CBA battle and hockey related revenue and all that. And I'm not going to begin to understand. I'm not going to pretend like I understand any of that, but I I know it's an issue. Alan Walsh was outspoken about it um, today. He's a he's a. um, an a, a player agent, well-known player agent, and he has a podcast on SDPN. If you're if you're interested in that kind of thing, um, which I, I find interesting from from time to time. Um, there's also the the people, as you said, James. Um, they've done a really good job promoting the the women and girls' game, um, youth hockey in general, and that's really important they spent a long time kind of building those programs to the point where you do have the Austin Matthews coming from Arizona and the Clayton killers. And I think there's one or two others, but that's kind of a big deal, especially from that, from that area. So I'm not, I mean, and, there, and then there's the viability of the team in general, you know, the, the owners obviously aren't putting any money into it other than what they have to. So I, it's interesting to hear that they were going to have all these different different plans and um you know they, they haven't done that with the players and this is for a long time when they had an arena um that they have been trying to get better other than collect a, a million draft picks so it's i don't really understand what the future is here um but it was a hot topic considering the vote uh, earlier this week so i wanted to make sure we touched on it. and honestly i had something else that i wanted to make sure that i touched on as, as, in regarding this and um, yeah. It's well, slipped, real quick,
0: it's um, Craig Morgan just tweeted out a uh, a letter from the president and CEO of the Coyotes, uh, Xavier Gutierrez. Uh, Gutierrez, sorry. Um, and it says to our pack, while we're very disappointed, Tempe voters did not approve the proposed uh, entertainment district. We want to thank all of our loyal fans who supported the Coyotes over the years. Your loyalty is what makes our pack strong. During the 2023-24 season, the Arizona Coyotes will play at Mullet Arena. In addition, we will remain Committed to Arizona and have already started reengaging uh, with local officials and sites to solidify a new permanent home in the valley. We look forward to sharing more with you in the coming weeks. Seems optimistic. I think is what that's what he needs to say.
1: I don't. The, sure. the NHL needs to not be involved in Arizona, and I think that's the problem. Um, there are other cities that. It could be viable, and I I don't quite understand the return to a place like Atlanta. That's not exactly a you know, Winnipeg. Um, they're competing with college football and, and and other things. And early in the NHL season, it's really hard to compete with that in, in that part of the country. Yeah, it's just the reality of it. I don't really understand if Quebec is actually a viable
0: option. Um, people have thrown well, out I- I think even before Quebec as a viable option, I, and I, I haven't seen many people talk about this, but I don't know why we're discounting the possibility of a second team in Toronto.
1: So that's what I was about to say. That's been thrown around as well, and that's what Alan Walsh, I think, doubled down on as far as the hockey-related revenue part. Um, and I think that obviously helps the league, although they'll, there, there's a part of me that I don't think it really ultimately matters i think they're the the two sides are just gonna bash heads forever especially while bettman is involved so i think the team stays in arizona as long as bettman is is there and they have four more years that they can be at Mullen arena and best i know bettman also has four or five years on his deal that he just got um now the longest serving commissioner in, in pro sports um which is, you know, I think we can go on and on about that. But I just wanted to bring this up. And you're right. Islander fans definitely have a, a place in their heart for this, having gone through it. And I think one of the things that I said about the the opening of UBS Arena and the Islanders finally getting there was it was over. We didn't have to talk about it. It wasn't, you know, even for all the good that there was at Nassau Coliseum, I didn't want that to be a storyline anymore. Good or bad. I I didn't, I didn't want to hear about it. Cause it just brought up so much baggage every single time the Islanders played in that arena on, especially on national television. It was just a story and it, it really didn't need to be. And I guess it got them coverage and it was PR and I'll let Chris Bada talk about that. He's the, he's the hockey PR expert, but, as far as I'm concerned, I was just so happy for, the you know, UBS to happen. And frankly, even for Barclays to a degree that it was OK. The Coliseum thing's over. They're staying. What um, we've been on this on this roller coaster forever. And as I said on another podcast um, that was a guest on yesterday, uh, Weird Islanders with with, with Lighthouse Hockey. Um, Islander fans will never know peace. <laughs> um, but for right now, we, you know, as far as that is concerned, there's a, there is a little bit of peace, and there was a mo- a brief moment uh, when when we kind of did, um, but it was uh, seemingly short lived as we kind of look back on that. But for Arizona, this has been a problem for a long time. Um, yeah, they had their spots, they had some moments. Uh, I I just wonder what the what their future is. Just kind of for everybody, like the players have to worry about this. It's kind of hanging over their head. Who wants yeah. to sign there long term? Like you're, you're kind of setting this up for failure. It it until yeah. something actually happens. It's it's just going to be a loss on the league financially. Players aren't going to want to go there. They're going to be it's a it's bad PR. Um, they're going to continue to be in the center of every single time somebody's going to get bought out. Any bad player shipping the shipping off to to Arizona. And that, that's just a narrative that's been going on for a very long time. So I wanted to make sure that we, we discussed that at, at least. Yeah. So
0: just, just like in this segment, what, where like ideally what would be your pick for a relocation?
1: I mean, Quebec is exciting just because they seem to have success with, with Winnipeg and bringing back a Canadian team. And it's just interesting. You can bring back those jerseys. Um, People seem to really want it. I believe there's an arena. There's been an arena for a long time. I don't know how long those things stay up to date before they're not anymore. Um, right. Or I don't know if it's been used. I, don't, I know absolutely nothing about, you know, Quebec City. Um, and I don't know about the actual financial viability of a, of a second team in that province. Uh, people are hockey crazy. Uh, weirder things have happened. So that one... Um, Strikes me, although it, it kind of messes with the east west split. I could see Detroit going back to the west pretty easily, and that it wouldn't really take all that much to make that happen. They've done it before. People forget the Toronto Maple Leafs were the west for a long time, yeah. um, which is how you had a a, a Leafs Kings showdown in the conference final, the Western Conference final in '93. So it's interesting. I don't, I think that's. There, there really aren't too many places. Again, Atlanta becomes a conversation. I don't, I don't really think about Toronto that much. I, I, I would go try it at least in Canada somewhere. I think that's interesting. I wonder how that gets, you know, sim- similar to Arizona. I wonder if it's a, a problem to get players to go play in Canada because they're going to be absolutely crazy. A team gets back there the first few years. The, the media is going to be nuts. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that, you know, players are trying to get out of Canada still to go play in the States. That's and true. And so I'm, I'm not sure. Some of the reasoning is because of the pandemic and some of the rules. And um, now that we're seemingly on the other side of this, I don't know that that's still like Kachuk saying that and wanting to go, to, you know, get it getting out of Calgary was odd. Um, Not to say that something like that could never happen again. We got into quite the mess here and we uh, seemingly haven't learned all that much, but the different podcasts that we can uh, discuss that, I'm sure. But so I don't I don't really know how that would work out as far as going and doing that or if an owner wants to go there. Does the NHL actually want it? That's an interesting pick. I don't know what the right one is. I don't know if they would put a second team in Toronto. Um I saw Salt Lake. Not anything serious. Salt Lake City. Um that's at least interesting. I don't know what yeah. like the hockey is like in, in Utah. It's a you know that's a mixed bag as far as state is concerned. I know people that live out there, um, and it's and it seems beautiful, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure about how hockey would work out
0: out that way. Um but what about you? What's your I, part of me wants a second Toronto team just for the chaos, you know, and, and oh, the comedy of it all, of course, yeah. I, and that's kind of where I've been lately, <laughs> um, but I'm intrigued by like a Houston. I'm intrigued by a Kansas City. Um, I'm intrigued by, like you said, a Salt Houston Lake City. Houston could do it.
1: Houston, Houston could do it. They have could they, do it. I think that's and it's a cool city. It's I think it's a lot yeah. like um like Dallas. I yeah and to, and I think that they to want Dallas. to
0: do something like that. I if I'm not mistaken I I could be mistaken about who the owner was. It was either the owner of the Utah Jazz or another uh, maybe it was the Houston Rockets, I can't remember, but someone had, you know, tweeted to one of those owners and said make this happen um and they they replied it's already in motion like to to at least be part of the conversation of expansion or um, you know relocation so it'll be definitely interesting to see how how it works out i I think that houston would be a good option for sure you know i it keeps it in the region as well Yeah. yeah dallas does pretty well and i think houston's even even more of a bigger sports city than dallas is so yeah i i could see it working out well there
1: yeah and there's some wha history there and it could be interesting at least there's Some more recent-ish hockey history there than say like Seattle, um, you know, by the the better half of a of a century there. But yeah, I I I just I want I wanted to make sure we touched on that at least at least a little bit. I want to move on to final four. I think straight up. I want to know who you have in each of the series. Vegas, Dallas, Carolina, Florida. Who do you got?
0: Yeah, I picked Florida in seven. I picked uh Vegas in seven. I I am fully on the Florida bandwagon team of destiny. Matthew Kachuk is the best player in the NHL. Let's friggin' go. I love Matthew Kachuk. I think he's I think I said this already last week, but he's become my favorite player. And um I'm yeah. <laughs> give me give me that guy all day. I have all day for that guy.
1: Vegas, Florida. I mean, frankly, Vegas anybody would be good. I I was surprised. Well, someone had asked me, "Who do you have, Seattle or Dallas for game 7?" And I said, "I want Seattle to win." Yeah. But I think Dallas is going to take yeah. it. And I'll say this, I just to, like we'll bring, we're bringing this to the Islanders a little bit. Watching that game, I I immediately thought the Islanders would have no chance against either one of these teams they were just so fast i don't know what it is about watching an eye on their game that it seems like it's at quarter speed but i was i'm watching that game the way they're moving the puck around the, the, the maybe it's the angle maybe maybe it's just like yeah. where the the camera is or something but whenever i watch a game that's not an eye on their game they seem like they're moving twice as fast or three or four times as fast, I, and I can't wrap my head around. I, I was like, "There's no, the Islanders would never keep up in this game. It would get demolished." And which is, you know, the Carolina series they play, they play pretty quick. That's exactly what happened. Like there was, yeah. they were just
0: so slow. Can we can we talk about though real quick? You know, you, I'm glad you brought up Seattle. I've, I've been listening to. Who else but Elliot and Jeff all the time. Um and, and they were talking about how Seattle is such a good team and and you know there's no superstars though. They're just a group of you know really good middle six forwards. Um you know is, is there a necessity for superstars if you have a you know a plethora of middle six forwards like that and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking is this not the islanders like the way that we're describing this um, why is it working play- so well? The good well players are stepping for, up. That's wrong. right. Well, that's the thing, right? Why is it working so well for Seattle? And I think like Jordan Eberle was an Islander. Like, why is it not working for the Islanders, or why didn't it work for the Islanders? And I guess in a way, it did with when Jordan Eberle was an Islander, right? He was in a conference final, um, with with them. So I, I guess you could say that it's similar. Um, but do you, do you think that like that's the that's the limit, right? Second or third round. Like if you don't have those superstars, cause I mean, look like, you know, the the Kraken couldn't get past the second round. The Islanders couldn't make it to the cup final. Now, you know, it depends on your definition of of a star or a superstar, you know, cause the Islanders did have Matt Barzell, but you know, you look at the, the, the Kraken and right now they don't have, you know, even someone of Matt Matthew Barzell's caliber, um, in, in the, the star sense, right? I think Manny Beniers is is going to be there one day in the in the star category, but I don't think he's there just yet. Do you think that they need these superstars to to get over that hump?
1: I think to steal a line from Herb Brooks, I don't really care if it's they're the best guys, or if they're superstars, they need to be the right players. What we saw from this team, and really the core players that have kind of been around and had some success with an asterisk, but with, you know, some success Um was that they didn't necessarily need that, but not the whole team wasn't clicking at the same time. Some of these, a, a team like Seattle, everyone was kind of humming. Everyone was doing their job. They were, the Islanders got, all you know, in, in the, in the better years and, and their defense right now is the problem. Right, the offense maybe could have held, and that that strategy c- could continue to work. The defense failed them. They're not gonna the, the way that they're set up. They they don't have a Connor McDavid. They don't have the one player that's gonna score you goals. But the whole team this year just wasn't clicking together at any one time. That those playoff runs the Islanders had, the entire team was clicking until it wasn't, and that's kind of what happens. And they ran into a really good team that. Um, was destined in a way. They had been kind of working their way up. They had to get over their own demons. Um, I think the Isles just need one or two more of the right guys, and I think they're you know Angval was one of those right guys. I th- I think getting him this season was a really good move by Lamoureux on on the trade front, which he's really not failed to take advantage of and make a make a good deal that has not been what his problem is his problem has been uh, in the free agent front we'll talk about that a little bit later um and we've got way off track from the final four but i don't mind um so no i don't think a team needs the superstars you just need a coach to be able to deal with that i don't think lambert is that player that that coach again we'll talk about him in a little bit i think that's ultimately the the a little bit of the issue there so i no i i don't think it's a, a matter of superstars right it just you, you need the players that can do it and then you need to create the systems around it to, to kind of make those players gel uh, for a long time it was just um a recipe with no you didn't know what the ending was that was what the last 2 years felt like it seemed like the ingredients were good they were all laid out but together there was just something and and it's hard to tell was it the appliances was it the chef was it the ingredients themselves um you can figure out who's who in in the the real life situation with the Islanders as far as who's the GM coach and the and the players but there there just something was not gelling here was the knife not sharp enough the leadership on the team like I, i'm not exactly sure this seems like it's a deeper problem than are the players good? This this went, I think, deeper than that, which I think is what people are kind of pointing at in terms of either Lamorello or Lambert. So for whatever that's worth. So you have a Vegas, Florida Stanley Cup. Um, I think I would like to see that as well. Um, if only to see Carolina go down and not be able to get over that hump Um, again. Just because, again, uh, for the for the comedy (laughs) to like having Florida make it, having Carolina not make it, I don't really care about Dallas. I I don't really have I don't have feelings about the Dallas Stars. Um, I could kind of take it or leave it. Vegas is just interesting. It's a good story. Um, and I think Vegas Florida would. Would be excellent. It'd be a lot of superstars and a lot of storylines and a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, if if there's an
0: unexpected series. If there's any one person though, I am rooting for. I know I picked Vegas to win uh, that that matchup, but I would love to see Joe Pavelski get a cup. That'd be really cool, especially because of how well he's playing this deep into his career. Like he's just unreal he does something every night that i'm just like H-. he's 38 like i we appreciate zach parise oh my god joe pavelski is like twice the player right now it's crazy
1: i think that's a good story as well anytime a player that's been kind of on the um on the journey for a real long time can can finally get their cup i think that's yeah that's good And that might be the only positive thing i, th- I think i have about Dallas again. I think it's funny when they're, they're kind of building around these players, and you know, Ben and Sagan have just been there for so long trying to do it, trying to do it. And, um, I don't know. I don't, I guess I just don't really care enough about the Dallas Stars. I do have a North Stars jersey, <laughs> so I should be, I in theory yeah. should be rooting for them to, to make it. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Um, I, I think Vegas Florida is a good final. I think. Any one of these teams against any one of the other teams in the final would be exciting. So I don't think I, I, I think for the game, this is good. I think it 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 hits a lot of things for storylines and all the, in all four teams cases. Um, it's good for hockey fans. It's good for new fans. I think it would bring a lot of new people in and it would just be really good. Um, so we'll see how that checks out on
0: the other side. Nassim Hockey is brought to you by DraftKings. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. You can go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now and place a prop bet on Brock Nelson to score a goal, and there's a pretty good chance that you're going to hit. So Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.ma.org. In New York call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467 in Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. NASA and Hockey is also brought to you by Raycon. Let's face it. With coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but they're priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on? Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. With your groceries costing more and more every day, you have to find a way to save money somewhere, and why not do that with Raycon, a quality wireless earbud on the market for half the price. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that this is an economy purchase. Every purchase needs to be perfect. Raycon offers buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer 2 years of product protection insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. They also have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some of my favorite features are the earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. So go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15%. Buyraycon.com THPN.
1: So James, I wanted to read something from... Athletic the a Sean McIndoo article um, it's centered on the Leafs but it, it it talks about what the Panthers did and didn't do last summer and during this season and I think it has a lot of parallels with the Islanders and this is going to set us up really for the I think for the rest of the episode and we might just get stuck on this for a little bit which is fine <laughs> I'm not really worried about the rest of the episode at this point we have a couple segments in the beginning we'll kind of we'll figure it out on the other side but um, I got some pushback on, on Twitter when I posted this. So I'm not sure you, you may have already a read this article. Um, I was kind of hoping you didn't, but I, I thought there was a particular part that was, that was really interesting. Um, so Sean wrote, uh, how did the Panthers do it? Well, let's talk about what they didn't do. They didn't run it back. They didn't stay the course. They didn't swear unwavering allegiance to, to the core and they didn't fall all over themselves to preemptively squash any thoughts of impending changes before they could even get started. They didn't talk a big game about the results being unacceptable, while also making it perfectly clear that nothing significant would be any different. Instead, those 2022 Panthers started their summer with a controversial coaching change and highlighted with one of the biggest trades in recent history. Not one that was focused on draft picks, prospects, depth around the edges, They traded away key pieces of the core. And in hindsight, they won the Matthew Kachuk trade, apparently missing the memo all the rest of us got about how it's seemingly impossible to do that in today's NHL. To borrow a cliche, they changed the culture. They actually did it, as opposed to just mumbling about it. Now, I read this a hundred times, which is why I (laughs) I read it out loud so well. I pre I pre-read it before the show but I've also read it a number of times over the the last couple of days what's your immediate reaction to reading that and I, and I think there's there's yeah. two ways I think we can have this discussion there's the fanatic way being a fan and that reaction or there's more of the measured approach and we typically take that one right but this got me this has I, I got a visceral response from from reading this so feel free to take it however you want on on this part of the show but I, i i really wanted to make sure we talked about this
0: yeah um you know he's right you know in the sense that they shocked the culture and they you know didn't pledge allegiance to their core this and that and the other thing um so yeah, I, I could definitely see that, right? They they definitely won the Matthew Kachuk trade.
1: Don't think about it's this like as far a, as the Panthers. It's not about what he's done right. It's the parallels to the Islanders.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah right. right. So
1: things that we've heard before and the essentially no response. And that's where I yeah, think that's where our response is gonna be different here.
0: So the, the thing is, right? Like the, the obviously year after year continuing to run it back, it's been all about the core, right? Fourth line, Anders Lee, Matthew Barzell, Brock Nelson, like the core. Um, you know, but in in a way, I kind of feel like the Islanders attempted to do the same thing. They just didn't do it as fast as the Panthers did because Anthony Bavillet was part of the core, right? Aturatu was supposed to be part of the core, they traded a first round pick. I feel again. like the I again, I feel like the Bo Horvat trade was a very light version of what the Panthers did to get Kachuk. Um, it was like their attempt to bring in their impact, right? So to, to shake it up. And you know, to to we all had Anthony Bavillier pegged to be a guy that could be traded, but to see his like name actually go was a bit shocking. So the Islanders kind of did shock their own system in trading a core piece. Um, They just did it too late, right? The Panthers did it with Kachuk and they had a couple of months to figure all that shit out. The Islanders did it at the trade deadline. Well, a couple months before the trade deadline, but they had significantly less time than the Panthers to figure it all out. Now, Consequent, uh not consequently but but uh ironically from <laughs> from the trade deadline on the Islanders and the Panthers had very similar points percentages like high 600s
1: i think they were both 633
0: it might have been very yeah, It might have been the same oh, it's exact it's like
1: really really close
0: really close so ironically it 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 that's how it worked out down the stretch um but it makes you wonder you know could they have been that team all along? So, um, yeah, I, I think that it, it's well stated by McIndoe. And and it's probably something the Islanders should have realized a lot sooner than they did. But, you know, 30 other teams in the NHL also didn't do this, right? Or 29 other teams, if you include Calgary, didn't do this, right? Didn't shock their system. And, you know, you could look at some of the teams that have, you know, struggled um, even teams right now that didn't make the playoffs, like look at the the Capitals, they they kind of fall into this too, where they're keeping their core together because Alex Ovechkin is still there, and they still need to win with him, right? Um, the Penguins, the Penguins, right, bringing back Malkin, Latang, and Crosby. So there are plenty of other teams who who fall under this category. Um, the Islanders being one of them, they tried to do it themselves, but it was too late. Um, and, and you know they ultimately just squeaked in where maybe they could have been in better position and who knows, maybe still be in the playoffs right now. Like
1: the Panthers. I don't think they're, I don't think they're positioning and getting into the playoffs has anything to do with that. They played like horseshit against the Canes.
0: Oh yeah. That, that too. But, but that's you know, again, like I mean, It's not about their, acquire... it's not about
1: the stretch and, and, and all this other stuff too. Like, I think that's talking around the
0: problem. No, no, but I, my, my, my main point from all that is acquire Bo Horvat sooner. Get all that shit out of your system. Like maybe he goes dry on that pointless streak in January and not down the stretch when it was important. At, at, I think know,
1: I'm I'm also thinking about this in it with a much wider lens, right? I don't think yes, I, and this this is part of the response that I received on Twitter that trading Bavillier, another first round pick, and Ratu for Horvat is not running it back. But I think in in th- you you essentially swapped Paviliier and Horvat in the lineup. And I'm not expecting Horvat to continue to contribute or rather not contribute in the way that he has so far. But that's that's not exactly the large change that it looked I, it doesn't look like to me anyway, it doesn't look like that. It looks like they just swapped a player for another player that they thought would work better with Barzell. That's, that's staying the course, right? You're, and that's Horvat is not a fringe player too, right? Like, I don't want to mistake that. And I don't think Bavillier was either, but he certainly acted like it, um, which is a, you know, a problem, right? You are good, but aren't playing good is you got to go. You can't, you can't stick around. So I, I think there's something there, but it's not as big of a deal as, as folks were making it, I, I still see it as, you know, I, I, part of it was part of this quote or rather the thing that I read. Um, they weren't focused on depth around the edges. And that's essentially what all that Lamorello put himself in a position to do this summer. You're, you're, you're playing around the edges. Yes. you can get a first line winger, but you have your, your, your pieces in place on that line already in in Horvat and Barzell. So you're just is it a is it a depth player or a fringe player? No, but it's an additional piece there. Yeah. Right. It, it's, I, I also and if you I, I think, think something big I think something big would mean trading another what you consider a core piece which I think is almost impossible and we'll talk about that in a second to get that winger. That is a significant change. That and actually having some roster turnover in a in a very big way it's it's as if they you know it was like if you traded andersley and something for that player that's not going to happen i'm not even suggesting that's a good idea but that would be the type of thing that i'm talking about where you're looking at it's it's exactly and this to the point of the article it's what the leafs have chosen not to do they said right. we We're going to stick with this and we're going to work around the edges. And the Islanders have largely done that. It's always been, well, Engvall was such a good middle six player to get. And, oh, Peugeot and Fashing. And we, you know, Peugeot not so much this year. But in general, like you're you're talking about these players instead of where the fuck is Matthew Barzell other than Nelson in in the whole lineup and, and really that that second line which you know could easily have been their first line in Engval, Nelson and Palmieri are, are you kidding that's what we were relying on in the playoffs that's like I said that has nothing to do with how you get in so all this resonated because right. this seemed like it was a Lamorello quote I could I read it all in his Providence Rhode Island accent or wherever the hell he's from <laughs> and that slow drawl that he has and each thing but Oh, it's a, it's the culture and it's the this and we like we like what our players and and holy shit it was I I read it so many times it was just like nauseating thinking about it in terms of the Islanders and how we're about to go into another summer where a <laughs> lot of people do not believe anything's gonna happen and I joke with Joe Buona, I Isles fix. He's like, I don't think this is the year. You know, some money's going to come off the books next year, and you know, some contracts and this and that. Like the cap's going to go up. And I was like, okay, good. You know, let's pack it in. Uh, I'm super happy. I think I sent this to you. It's like, oh, we don't have to do the show for a whole year. <laughs> yeah. I, I can, I'll, I'll pack up my microphone. I got you know I'll move. I don't have to unpack it this summer. I won't watch any of the games. I have so much time on my hands. What am I going to do with myself so that I can just show up here next May? We can have the same conversation. <laughs> Are you kidding? And this well, isn't calling out Joe, but that was that's the no, sentiment. No. And like, if we the just move right. forward, if we just move forward with that as our mindset, this, like like I said, like I joked about earlier, we will never know fucking peace because this is if, it. We're we're just like this is so masturbatory, and there's like no escape. They're they're just in this cyclical hellscape making the same insane decisions over and over
0: so the thing that comes to to mind, the thing that comes to mind for me though uh regarding like the Kachuk trade um and I think it's it's underrated um it's like an underrated factor that is just I, I think abundantly true the, the Panthers not only made this shocking trade for for the the player on the ice in terms of what he can do as far as filling the net and, and such, they changed the culture of the team because they didn't have any pricks before Matthew kachuk, right their their whole team was speed and skill and, and Kachuk is definitely those things too, but they didn't have any pricks. And now they 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 put one in the lineup and now all of a sudden they're really friggin hard to play against. Like I said this last week that I know Barkov is a captain, but like there's serious debate as to who's running that team because Kachuk is not just, you know, the vocal leader. But on the ice, he's defending players. He's he's getting under the skin of opponents. And, you know, it's just like they, they have their prick and, you know. It's just changed the whole culture around them, um, and I don't know what that looks like for the Islanders. Like I don't know what the what the parallel is for them, right? Because they have pricks, right? They have their Martin, they have their Sizikas, they have their Clutterbuck, they have their Ross Johnston, they have their Fashing, if you need him to be one. Um, you know, they have pricks. It's not that they need one of those. It's it's what is what do the Islanders not have that they can bring in that would shock their system and maybe. Give it a good reboot.
1: I think Lee and Palmieri try to be that. They're just not yeah, that them too yeah that type of jerk. Palmieri maybe a little bit more than Lee. Lee is a tough dude, but he's not a jerk. He's hard to play against, but he's not annoying to play against. I don't think Palmieri is either. I think he gets. I think he tries. I think he's a little Long Island in him. I, I I think he I think he really tries to kind of run around out there a little bit, but he's also trying to score goals and and. Um, he's not always silky, but he gets the job done. Every once in a while, he pulls out the move in a little bit of flash. Palmieri gets it done. I think the the props, the biggest part of that Kachuk trade, and I don't even know who the GM is for Florida. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Is it Zito? It's not still Bill Zito. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is that they sold high. On Huberto, regardless of what both teams were going through with their respective players, Kachuk and Huberto on contracts and how much time was left, etc. They sold high on him. He had the most points, whatever, whatever wing he plays, for his position ever. And essentially what they said was, we bet he will not fucking do that again. And they shipped his ass off. They had to sell low on Bavillier and then package a first-round pick and Ratu to get Horbat. They've never taken the opportunity to say, wow, this was really good. Who There was a player recently that had that, right? Where they were, oh, okay, we should really... They're having a good season. We should we should trade them. A, a player not named Varlamov, for that matter. Because um, as we discussed last episode... There are zero options for backups that are even remotely the same, <laughs> and I think even Kerr said a three by a three by six three million dollars, um, over two years or three years would be pretty on the money. And I think we said that last episode, um, at least I did. I'll, I'll take credit for that. But the the Islanders like they when they had players they could sell high on and trade up, essentially. Or get a player that would better fit the system, as Sean wrote here. They just doubled down on it. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't say. And I'm not, I. I don't know what that means exactly, but I think it's about hard decisions. I think doing what you did. If you're if you're a Panthers fan and you're like, you didn't try to Huberto. You did a hundred bazillion points. Like, are you, are you kidding? And then now you look at it and you go, Oh my god, wow. Well, yeah, Kachuk is you know, running this team, as you said. And he's he's the glue. He's really yeah, he's stirring the drink, whatever metaphor you want to use. And the Islanders like don't have that. I think it's part of like moving forward, you know, some of your jam guys, as they say, they really do need to be like a bohor bat, right? He needs to score goals, but he needs to be out there kind of kind of hitting. And he does that when he gets off his game. You could tell when he's having a bad game, which were a lot of them going down the stretch. He was just hitting. He was going out there. He just like he didn't really have a whole lot of speed, you know, whatever. It wasn't he didn't have that jump, but he was hitting. Um I don't expect Barzell to be that, but I do expect him to change his game. He cannot, and the coach cannot allow him to be the only one that's doing this something different. And he needs to go out there and play the north-south game that everyone else was playing. And honestly, if you know, for as good as Angball was, he sure as shit is not that player that mean guy with an edge either. Right? He's big. That was his problem yeah. the entire time in Toronto. And he was good with the Islanders, right? But it's it's kind of saying, okay, he was part of what we needed. Is there somebody different that can bring what he brought plus an edge or plus whatever your X factor is that you need on this team? I know chemistry is a huge part of it. So that's where I yeah. think there's like hard, there's hard decisions that the team needs to make. I can't even begin to think about what that might be. Which is, you know, and I think there's a step before that. And that's, I think, you know, a a good segue here into the next part. And I know we don't have a ton of time, but. What clarity, because we're still waiting for Lamorello at, at at the time of this recording. We're still waiting for Lamorello or Lambert to say anything. What clarity will them speaking actually give us? What are people hoping he says? We have some historic evidence
0: of nothing. <laughs> what are we waiting? We also, what are
1: we waiting? We'll,
0: yeah, we'll, we also have evidence of change. Like last year at this time, I mean, it already happened at this time, but last year when there was a short period of silence, there was a major change, and that was. Barry Trotz was out and Lane Lambert was in. Um, There's a little delay
1: that. on that. There wasn't one right after the other. It was like a week right. or so in between.
0: Right. But it was already done by this point is what I mean. Right. Like we got the announcement that that Barry Trotts was out. And then a week later uh, to the day, Lane Lambert was in. So like, I'm not saying that I, I think that this is. Or or this is like a, something that I've heard or, or whatever, but like. Is it out of the question that I don't know? Like, does Lamarello just transition to president, and someone takes over as GM? I don't know. My fingers um, are crossed for that
1: middle ground. I, I was going to bring that up, but and I I think that is clarity. And and I I thought of that, and I say I was going to bring it up, but I thought of that earlier, and I I, I forgot. So I appreciate you bringing that up. That's about as much clarity, but that's not even anything like, okay, so the president moves up, maybe they de- he decides ahead of time as he's hiring the GM, okay, you're keeping the coach, which is, never works. New GM is always going to want to bring in his own person. Um, that Does that provide clarity? or does that is that just an answer to an immediate question? That, I don't know yeah. I don't know that it provides any clarity on the team or the direction. I expect him to come out and say read exactly what the Sean McAdoo article was. I believe in this group. Um we're going to get better where we can and we have some deals to work out. That's going to be the extent of it. That just tells us fucking nothing. There's yeah, absolutely the history, nothing about that. Right. The and then we're going to find out that. in August. Yeah. And we're, and we're going to find out in August that the clarity was re-signing Parise and Engvall and Varlamov. And that, <laughs> um, yeah, the sixth, oh, the, painful, they actually, didn't, they, they didn't bring, they didn't bring back Mayfield. They're going to try to, one of their young kids, they're going to have a, some PTO guy as a 7th D and, or Grant Hutton or something um you know this is like this reminds me more of the garth snow years than it does the beginning of the lamorello tenure we are
0: the, the off season again button at this point of the episode
1: <laughs> right right i just is this yeah i took i don't i don't really understand the, yeah whatever i yeah hitting it's just i'm again i'm taking this as like the fanatic approach and it perhaps it's less logical but i i don't History tells us that the summer is not when he pounces. Now, I'll, I'll say this, and I said this on other episodes. I'll give Lamarillo credit, and this is probably, he would say this and it would be rewriting history a little bit, but if he said, hey, the deal we got for Horvat to get Horvat was did not present itself last summer, whether that was a UFA to get a, a, a player of that caliber, and his age was not available last summer, and we did not feel at that time it was worth making any kind of deal, signing UFA or making a trade. I'll take Horvat over Kadri any fucking day. So the patience and and that in a vacuum is fine, right? But going into the season, there was just immediate problems. And they put themselves in a bad position even by the time they got Horvat that they needed to do something Herculean on top of then a Barzell injury, and then the defense becoming a ghost uh, or pylons. That's that's kind of what I'm worried about. They're actually at some point because we saw the back-to-back series. We're like, man, they are just a Bo Horvat away, and one less injury. And they really could have, they really could have done it. And then they just they didn't even take. They didn't hit pause. They like took a step back last year, just two, two years ago, and this year, even if they made they even though they made the playoffs, they made it. They took another step back. We didn't. The only thing we learned is that this group is stuck right now. Something needs to really be shaken up here. I don't know what that looks like. I also want to talk about Lambert. And if Lamoureux yeah. stays, I want to revisit the, our thoughts on this. I, I I actually can't remember what we said. Someone call us out. Do you think Lambert's there? If Lamoureux is there, yeah, no chance. Like he he's he's back. You don't think there's a chance no, think, that that? Yeah, no.
0: I think I think he's back.
1: Yeah, I was afraid you'd say that too. I, I'm not. I'm a, as a voice. I'm not seeing that again. That's a, that's an easier shakeup. I don't know who it is. I don't know if uh, Laviolette is the right answer or or somebody else. But I don't know. I, I don't think the voice is Lambert. I, I don't think that he's the person that's going to... If you are if you can't shake up the players, you have to shake up the approach. And that's really the only card you can play. We, we questioned this last summer. Is the voice new enough? I think we have pretty clear evidence that it was not. He could not get out of this group what they're capable of that Barry Johnson. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. And and you're right. Like there are some pretty viable options out there right now. Like a uh, Laviolette. Um I just I don't know. I correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Lamarello at some point late in the season give him the valve confidence that he did all he could with the group he had and you but know, he's stuff supposed like to that. say that.
1: So yeah, much of this sure. stuff like I don't think he could really I, mean I, I it. take it. <laughs> Oh man, someone is—is uh, is he there? Blink if he's off camera. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what What is he gonna say? What is I don't. You know, the players are gonna say that too. We heard Tavares say stuff like that. We've heard it from every angle of the organization. I want the team to stay here. We are. You know, everyone said a different version of that. It doesn't mean anything. The players say that. They know something's going to change. They know something needs to change. Orzel was really the only one that said, we, we got to stop backing into the playoffs. We, we got to be better than that. Which is what they've done, even on those long playoff runs, they backed in the playoffs. They were not playing well. I've said that like the last four episodes in a row. Um, so if Lamarrell is around, Lambert's around. I think we often talk about some of the fringe players, Martin Clutterbuck in terms of saving money on the cap um, and how good players like, and I said this before Fashion and Brise and you're again, you're dealing around the edges here. What are, what does a team need to do to actually get some deals done? Cause you, you need a deal for Wallstrom. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on that deal. Cause he's an RFA, but in order to get that done, and bring back a Varlamov and maybe an Engvall, and bring in a defenseman, and bring in your first-line winger. What do you do? What what actually makes sense? Because I, I think the immediate yeah. a- reaction is, buy out Josh Bailey. Or trade him, right? Okay, the latter, of course, it'd be great. Shoot him into the sun. Fantastic. You have to make that deal. And he's not an asset anywhere. No, it's good that he think- makes three and a half million dollars in real dollars and he has a cap, a higher cap. it. so a four team may be interested. They're still not just going to take him, Right. You, you got to Maybe I mean, maybe if they don't have to trade anything back, you know, that's that's been part of a future considerations um spread out a, a, a around the league. But I don't think you can buy out Bailey. I don't think that makes enough sense
0: and and that's why you know well look so there was a lot there him, no it's okay if they can't trade him they're buying him out but i think there is a chance they can get him off the books via trade whether it's at full salary or if there's a little bit retained um, you know i think i think chicago winning the, the lottery changes a lot of things for them like they're going to need some veterans in there and and you know they might be interested in bringing in a belly um if I think the, you know, throws something like that okay yeah. yeah so you know maybe that's that's an option um where do we always dump our players arizona right like you know what's maybe maybe he's an option there so um i think there is a path to getting him off the books especially like you said because the 3.5 in real dollars is is probably intriguing to some teams um especially if he can provide like 30 points on the third or fourth line so um, you did that last year. You could probably do it somewhere else. Um, so, you know, that op- opens up $5 million automatically, which probably gets spent on your own players anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, Not you said fully. A- I
1: mean, that's, I think that's 11 million altogether because they have like six, yeah, a little over yeah. six. So, right. yeah, I mean that Varlamov could be two or three. I'm voting on two and a half, frankly, that, I mean, if I add my brothers, three is fine. Um, I don't know what Engvall gets. Parise's league men. Um I think you also need to figure out Martin and Martin Johnson Clutterbuck. You, you need to do something there.
0: Um that's yeah, that's I, quite a bit
1: of money added up, almost four million dollars. Like,
0: I don't know what they're doing with Ross Johnston. Like, why is he taking up one point one million dollars against the Cap? Um, you know, Matt Martin, look, he had a really good like despite the team success, Matt Martin played really well. Cal Clutterbuck, um like played really well down the stretch, but is he going to hold up? Like, is his body going to give out again? Like, when you all right, when
1: you team. say really well, what do you what do you mean? Because I, I think there's a huge debate among like I think he's a really well, I mean, good mean he played about, his role really
0: about, well. Like he's not
1: because they were provide. terrible defensively. Didn't did not provide offense. So that other yeah, than that's hitting that's all, and that's maybe like energy.
0: Problem. That's a unit problem. Right, that's not a that's not a Matt Martin problem. He didn't. He wasn't a liability on the ice. His line maybe didn't always play well together, but he was not the problem. I think he was pretty okay defensively. I think. He I mean, if the unit,
1: if two thirds of the unit
0: are,
1: I don't, I don't know how to say this. I don't think what you said made sense. So like, who's the problem? the The, the line doesn't work anymore. And two-thirds of them don't look like they're playing very well at times. Well, no, I think the problem is it two-thirds the line, or is it the unit? They make up the the thing is most of the the thing
0: is right, it's hard to define who that line was because there was Clutterbuck out for stretches. Tizekis was playing many different roles and wore many different hats. He was in the first line, he was on the third line. So like Martin was playing with a number of different players on the fourth line, and like those things matter. Like the chemistry wasn't able to form, wasn't able to build, and like Martin Zizekas and Clutterbuck can can probably close their eyes and, and play full shifts together and know where each other is going to be, whereas they didn't have that luxury this season because they were just split up so often. So I
1: think that's one of those shake up things that you could easily do. Right. Just simply don't bring that back. And as you said, if we made T-shirts, we would do it. Everyone in their rightful place. Because yeah. it just it need, we need to be able to push some players in the lineup. I don't think having Fashing and Prise in the right. lineup is a bad thing. So it's a bad thing when player, it's your third
0: fucking line. One player that's been circulating, um, in the possibility uh, of coming to Long Island and, and being an Islander is someone who I watched very closely all year this year. Um, Miles Wood, would. I think I think he's perfect. He's a perfect fourth liner for for the for the Islanders. He's stupid fast, like the fastest guy on the devils. Um, he definitely utilizes his body and he's got some skill. Like he can, he can score a couple goals. So like you put that next to Zekas and, and you, you know, be rid of, and and I don't want to say be rid of because like, you know, he's a fan favorite, but you know, it, it's okay to make Matt Martin a 13th forward and not play him every night. Um, you know, providing.
1: I don't think he, they, neither of them. I think Cl- Clutterbuck needs to retire martin needs to yeah
0: i mean like if he does that helps that's two and a half million dollars off the books but um you know that has to happen right uh martin could be a um a 13th forward i mean i don't know can you trade johnson Johnson 1.1 million like you know whatever bury it you know whatever you have to do now as far as you said what does a, a wallstrom deal look like um i mean like his mixed it was a mixed bag for his first couple months of the of the season right he was really good then he fell off and then he was like kind of picking it back up again i think he i think he signed him to a year so him to not one year at like two million bucks and say show me deal show me yeah show me let him score 35 fucking goals next to somebody hopefully
1: you're just okay. willing that to happen you're yeah just i, I mean thing. it's you've been doing that for two years
0: if it's not with the islanders it's gonna happen somewhere Like it's, I'm not kidding. That shot is too good to not score 30 goals consistently every single year. If it's not with the he's just not not putting
1: himself in the right. He's not putting himself in the right position.
0: Yeah, I can see a little bit of
1: what Trotz was saying. Didn't he have like six points? He had five goals this year. Granted, I don't know how many. I can't remember how many games he played.
0: But it's not like he he played
1: as four or something like that. Five goals in 34 games.
0: I don't know if he had five goals, but let me hold on. I have it right here. He played.
1: I know I have. He had sixteen points in thirty-five games. He had seven
0: goals. Is Oliver Walsham not on this list because he's hurt? Maybe. I just told you what it was. What was it? Sorry. <laughs> seven, oh, seven goals, goals, goals sixteen points games. in thirty thirty-five. Games. Okay, yeah, yeah, not great.
1: No, and it's—I mean, it's a. I guess he was on pace to beat last year, but that also wasn't good. He got—he's he, played he twenty 160, goals, one hundred and sixty, but he, hes only scored thirty-two goals in one hundred and sixty-one games. He's not even a half a point a game 13. player. I think he had twenty. I like I—I I think that's—I think that's part of it, and then he didn't really. He can you know three points in five playoff games a few years ago. Am I, I look, he's so young. He's still yeah. so young. And there's really not any young players that the Islanders can kind of bank on now that Ratu is not gonna be there. So they, they kind of need to they do need to show me, but this is part of like they're also crossing their fingers here and
0: and, and praying that he Yeah. But so and this is why I say up. this is why I say you signed to a one year deal. And you say, prove it. Do you just let.
1: Um, I don't know how the lines work without Engvall and adding in a righty back in the lineup, but do you just not sign Engvall and you have Wallstrom and go from there?
0: You know, I know a lot. If of you're not going to do a him, whole lot. I know a lot of people want to sign him, but I'm worried that like committing to Engvall and hoping to have him replicate over a full season what he kind of maybe caught in a bottle and did down the stretch of a playoff run doesn't get replicated and he gets paid. You know, let's just say it's four by four. That's going to be so tough if it doesn't work out. You know, you have, you know, how many, I don't disagree with that. How many, how many of these players do they already have that if they pay him four by four and it doesn't work out, you're just even deeper in that hole. So I'm okay. Like I, do, do I do, – what? I can't even articulate this sentence. Because we because did talk about this, so this is tough. I know that we're... That this could be a possibility. Do you commit to the four-by-four the four and, and hope it continues to be the way it was? It's hard. Do I want it to happen? Yeah, of course. But do I think it will? I'm skeptical.
1: It, it's interesting because the way that we, we spoke about it a couple weeks ago when you said who stays and who goes and, and whatever me that was last week – Um was that we? I think we both agreed that we wanted Engvall back, yeah. or that he would be With back. Maybe not Engvall. that we will on him back, but that Engvall and I and I think it. But I think it's right, you know, considering what I said earlier about they. You know, the Panthers sold high on Huberto. They can't trade. They can trade his rights, I guess, for I don't know what you actually get for the rights of somebody before the before the draft next month. But I think you got out of Engvall what he. He helped his own next deal. It just does not necessarily need to be with the Islanders. Correct. Yeah. I, so I, I think that's, that might be somewhere where we can kind of land here. Um, yeah. I do like the show me deal with Wallstrom. I I agree with that. I think that helps both sides. And if it really doesn't work out next season, they'll get a bunch of cap relief one way or another. Uh, if things yeah. don't work out this summer, if we're, If we're back here next summer having the exact same conversation um, because nothing really changed this year, um, at least they'll have the opportunity to kind of make those changes next summer. And so I want to end the show with this question. Um, Does the fact that it's a very shallow UFA class and more of a trade market kind of summer benefit the Islanders and Lamorello?
0: I see the player you have in the notes
1: of who to who to shop. Yeah. Well, no, this isn't someone I think that they should shop. I think it's just no. being talked about. I also have in there. About. I also have in there that he has three years at five billion dollars left, four four and billion in actual money. Yeah. Uh, M dash no way as in there's no way they're going to be able to do that without it costing them <laughs> a ton of money so I, i'm saying so, that it's i was i put that in there as that is not a viable option for the team
0: i don't think it's a viable option either to trade we're talking about jay pageau by the way i don't think we named the player for those who might not be up to date on the contract situations but um we're talking about no, I everybody and, and- no
1: we're gonna be v- thin veil of <laughs> <laughs> uh we're gonna gatekeep it so- you go Google it. It is free. There's a there's a quiz at, at the end of the show, by the it. way.
0: You better be prepared or you freaking fail. But um <laughs> Pajot is the player we're talking about. And there's been a lot of speculation as to if the islanders are gonna shop him. I think he's on like an athletic trade board. Um the only thing for me is that like, look, if you trade Pajot, depending on what you get back, you're creating another hole, right? You're you're saying, Okay, we gotta move Matthew Barzell back to the center position again. Suddenly we have a Two thirds of a first line again, or or even one third of a first line. And I mean, Anders go find
1: a third, go find a third line center. Right, like that. So it doesn't need to be a five million dollar third line center. I think that's the point. Or right. move Sizika up and get a fourth line center. Right, Sizika so, is more than capable of that.
0: Yeah. So, so your question though was, does it benefit the Islanders that it's such a weak UFA class? Yeah, I could see that being a um a, a reality, right? Um. You know, hockey deals might be what what goes down this summer for a lot of GMs because they don't necessarily love what's what's out there via free agency. So, um, as yeah, I'm saying I, for I Lamorello,
1: it. that's his, yeah, it, that's it, where he's found success, and he's you know yeah. clearly been hesitate has he's been hesitant to pull the trigger on on some UFA. Yeah, that's the only way I can break that down is there was something holding him back. And or holding people back on both sides of the equation. It just didn't get done. And he's been, I don't want to say trigger happy, but very comfortable on that side of the coin with trades.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, you know, you, you wonder how it might work out. Like, what is the target this summer? Is it another winger? Um, I have this feeling that they need a puck moving defenseman. Um, I
1: think it's both. yeah maybe it
0: is both um and if you're you know if you're acquiring a winger though like how are you doing that right are you you shipping out defensemen are you shipping out centers are you creating more holes it has to be the perfect storm for them like although it would benefit them it would need to be the, the the perfect situation for them to fill all those holes that they have they would they would be creating for themselves um and be able to ice a team where they don't have to put barzell back on uh, at the center position because I, I do think his future is a winger and, and on Horvat's side, uh, right side. So I, I guess we'll see um, there's, and maybe that's the clarity we get, you know, kind of circling back to the beginning of the show that we get from, from Lamorello, what he finally does speak like there needs to be changes. And we know that, and we're going to do that this summer. Maybe that's the clarity. Um, Some of it is going to be not bringing back players. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at Kyle Dubas in Toronto where he said, like, look, if I do come back as general manager, um, this is the first time he's ever been outspoken about the possibility of breaking up that core four. And, hey, maybe one of those guys is an option. Who knows? Right. You-
1: again, that's so I. I say that as just I think some teams, some players need. To, to just go or they need to change the scenery. Yeah. I think for the Islanders, that's, that's kind of some of it too. And that's where right, so a, we'll, an RFA like Wallstrom could be a piece Um, before yeah. a deal gets done. He might be at risk at just being one of those leveraged players. I'm not saying that the Islanders are going to make a trade with Toronto necessarily, but some of it's going to be, and I think that would be a shakeup move, right? Right. You know, not bringing back Engvall trading Wallstrom, not bringing back Mayfield, um, moving on from Bailey fully and not just having him in the press box. And so he's not an option at all. Um, Clutterbuck going out to pasture, um, having Martin as the 13th forward. Like, I think there's just some, like that would be change. Yeah. That would be not committing to stuff that even worked in the short term, right? Like angle is obviously not part of the core, but in the short term he worked. And then, like you said, lighting in a bottle being able to just move on from that and not get have that get sucked into the current narrative would be a big change. That would constitute something actually happening and saying, we have to make room for the big thing. We can't do both. We're looking at other teams. And you can't do what Toronto's doing, but you also can't do what the Islanders are doing. Toronto has, they're very top-heavy. The Islanders, as we've joked a million times, have three-second lines. Yeah. Or even four seconds, whatever. Probably more like three third, four, four third lines at this point, because the way they played in this playoffs. But you want to move on from that's clearly not working either. You gotta move on from that. You gotta do some shit. Yeah. So if that if this is the beginning of those changes, I'm here for it. Right. I think that's what people are saying. Some people had tweeted at me, um, that I normally don't hear from because I don't tweet from my personal account about the islands all that much. But people were people were saying. Um, they're, they're clearly not running it back. And I said, as long as that continues to happen, I, I can believe you, but one trade, you get it. You have to give up something to get something. I don't know that that constitutes as an actual retool and things is happening. I think that was just a good trade. Yeah. So, so I, I think it, it's gotta be more than one thing in. Yeah. It, it, no matter how I look at that, I can't see it as, um, has more than that right now. So there's, there's William Elander
0: no to the Islanders confirmed is what you're saying.
1: I mean, interestingly, I think he's one of the players that it could make sense to to try to go after. I don't know what it takes because it takes a on lot. the one hand he is a huge asset. On the other on the other side, he's like the only thing that that Dubas has the leverage to trade. Rather, yeah, I'm sorry, not the leverage like trade. 6 he, doesn't have, he, he doesn't have. He doesn't have. Dubas, if he's Dubas is going to make a trade for anybody, with anybody, and include Nylander, he doesn't have a lot of leverage now. Because Nylander's a valuable player, but he's about the only player that can get traded easily because of his cap hit and because he's an actual asset. He's good. He showed up in these playoffs.
0: Yeah. So. Or you trade Marner because he can get you something back in return and you open up a lot more cap space.
1: It may be two out of the four of those. So it's either Marner or Matthews that go. uh, And Tavares stays and Nealander. So it's Nealander and Matthews or Marner you you can't move to Mars. no that's not move i i i i don't i don't think that's movable and he has to accept it like it's just it's not impossible but i don't think i'm not, i wouldn't bet on that for marner and matthews is a different conversation and i and
0: i will have we will we'll have those conversations when we get clarity yes, i think we'll i think i think by the time we we do our next episode we'll have a little bit more clarity
1: yeah, and let's, we'll and let's talk
0: about that. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that then. I, I'll leave you with this, this closing quote from Patrick Mahomes, John. Patrick Mahomes says, the Kansas City Coyotes has a nice ring to it, don't you think, at NHL? Damn. Patrick Mahomes is also a minority owner of the Kansas City Royals. Fun fact, if you didn't know, so... That's Team interesting. J. All these names getting thrown in the hat for Ottawa, Ryan Reynolds, Snoop Dogg, the weekend. Now suddenly Patrick Mahomes is saying, "Hey, look at me. I have money too." <laughs> it it could be that. Um, it could just be him having
1: fun. But I I could think be. again, Team Chaos. Um, they may. I yeah. I don't. I don't know. I can't remember anything about the Kansas City situation. Um, But we'll talk about the next couple episodes or the next few episodes rather. Um, I'm traveling the next couple weeks, so I think we're going to take a little bit of break the rest of this month. Unless something happens, James will step in. I think I'll be able to kind of jump on. I'm in town the next two Wednesdays, but I'm traveling to get back here. Both of those. So I was hoping to not have to get my life together and and hop on and, (laughs) and pay attention to things. I will... If I if I need to next week might be easier than than the week after so fingers crossed just silence it and business as usual um, yeah. and nothing happens but uh, we may have just jinxed it so um, I just I dug my own grave there but when we return in June our plan is to go division by division and talk about trades talk about UFA's our phase um, who the Islanders could actually go after what it would take um, and what it would take me- could mean. Who do they give up uh from their roster in a trade or who can they just not resign? Some of those things might right. be, oh wow, we 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 can't re-sign um Varlamov at this number or Angul at this number, or even Parise. Like I, I think some of those things actually come into play when you're um you know, if you can't move a Johnston and a Clutterbuck and yeah. a and a Martin, well then you can't bring back Parise. You also have a fashion that that's back. So there's a lot that's going to go into those conversations. We're going to do some homework. Um, oh, yeah. I don't think we've chosen the order, but the goal of this is that we have four episodes leading up to July 1st. Um, the draft will be in there. So we may have some things, extra some content. direct aisles things to kind of talk about there. or Maybe maybe an extra episode that just does that. Probably um, some re-signings,
0: too, if they choose to announce them.
1: Some re-signings, although that seems like an August thing, which is odd. Um, we may have a guest on or or, or two in that time period, um, but that's our schedule for the next little bit. So if you don't hear from us, we're we're on a little bit of a break as we end May. It's been a long season, um, and we'll finish up season four before July 1st uh, with some, some breakdowns and... I don't know some galaxy braining will will have a little bit of fun with it uh being that there's usually not a whole lot of Islanders on news this time of year. Any closing thoughts here?
0: No, that's it. I'm uh I'm I'm loving all of these big big names coming into hockey because more more celebrity star power in hockey means more green for everyone.
1: I think that's right. It's definitely and I but although I do think Ryan Reynolds that group they might just be making a play, but I think they stepped out they on did. that. Yeah. Um, but either way, it's that. exciting. We'll yeah. we'll talk about that. Maybe when we talk about Ottawa, we can we can discuss that a little bit. Um please rate review, subscribe wherever you you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Nasman Hockey. Find James work at the fourth period, and make sure to subscribe to House Fix. I believe they're still doing some newsletters. Um, throughout the summer, uh, definitely check their Twitter at IslesFix to hear about their schedule and learn about that.
0: James, bring us home. Until next time, everyone, let's go, Islanders.